0: This podcast is sponsored by Tell2App.com. Welcome to the Life of a Networker. On this podcast, we are featuring industry leaders from the network marketing profession to share with you the stories, inspiration, and leadership. Now, here is global business developer, leader in authentic sharing technology, your host, Mr. Mike Fedick.
1: Hey, what's going on, guys? It's Mike Fedick here, and we are here with the life of a networker uh, on our podcast. I'm so excited. I've actually got uh, my business partner, uh, Chris, on with us today. We're going to have some fun in the studio, and the reason we're going to have some fun is we've got a special guest. And when I say special... Uh, this young lady's done some remarkable things, both inside of the industry and now serving the industry. Uh, but in the studio, and I call it our Zoom studio, uh, today I've got uh, Michelle Cunningham. Michelle, how are you?
2: I'm awesome. Oh my gosh, what an honor to be here. Thanks for having me on. Glad absolutely,
1: to be here. Absolutely. Well, listen, I'm excited for for a lot of reasons. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna hit some good points here, but uh, just to tee you up a little bit, the audience that's listening in, of course, with any podcast in our industry, it's you've got the brand new folks who are just getting started, maybe even six months in, and you know, not sure is this the right thing yet, or they've played around, and I call it the tippy toe effect. Uh, but they're still here. They're on this podcast and they're listening today to maybe get that tip, to get that one little message that can motivate them to get on their way to that six figure goal that they probably have. And then, of course, the other group, right? The, the, the big players, I call them, the million-dollar people are on. And and I love that because in our industry, we always talk about even after 20 years and $10 million later, you're still a student. You're always a student. As soon as you stop being a student, um, it's time to step away and go enjoy retirement because we've got to lead by example. You know, I started as a distributor myself. I know you did too. And, and let's start right there with uh, you're a little bit of your story, even back before network marketing and then how you led into uh, network marketing. So I know you come from a small town like me. So share away where you come from.
2: Yeah. So I grew up in a small town called East Granby, Connecticut. And, uh, you know, admittedly, so we were the poor family in town. My mom was a single mom. So my parents divorced when I was six. My older brother was seven. and My younger brother was three. And so we were the family that just had less. And so I just remember so much of my childhood being like realizing we were different And realizing we didn't have money, and like I just remember wanting to have Pantene shampoo as a kid, and like big fresh apples that the rich people bought. (laughs) So like that's where I come from.
1: Love it, love it. Well, that's so awesome. And you know, I I think. A lot of that too is, is when you hear a lot of people that have made it big or, you know, got to number one, six figures, let alone now you've created a million dollar business inside of your coaching is, is when you're poor as a young, youngster, there's some point along the way where motivation happens. Something clicks, something says, I don't want to either live like this or I'm in a nice car with my friend and I want a car like this. What was your turning point? At what age did you kind of go, I'm, I'm going to be successful. I'm going to make money.
2: You know, honestly, I think I was really young. Like I just remember driving home from a church. We'd gone to a church to get food because we'd run out of food that week, and it wasn't like a frequent occurrence. But like, if our furnace broke or something happened, we just didn't have enough money, so it was like, dude, we need to go to the church. So we would hop in the station wagon, the wood paneled station wagon, just to paint yes. the picture, right? And uh, I'd sit in the back row, looking at the cars behind us, and. Uh, but we would go, we'd get food. And I remember driving home on those trips and looking at my mom and seeing her with tears in her eyes and realizing that like, this was not the life that she wanted for us, but she did not have choices. And so I just knew from a very young age, probably six or seven, that when you had money, you had choices. And, you know, my mom was very big on like, well, you know, you just have to work really hard to get money and you have to know people to have money. And, you know, so I was fed a lot of these things growing up that I'm like, I don't know that that's true. Like I just, you know, I just knew that like, if I could just work and do stuff, I could make money. And it was about 13, 12 or 13, I ended up getting job babysitting. And then I became literally like a workaholic because anything I wanted, I had to pay for. Right. So like needed new cleats for school, or I didn't want to have a dirty backpack anymore. Like I was like, okay, I literally made $3 an hour (laughs) and I would babysit, but I would babysit like, okay, I'd get off school at two and I'd babysit till like seven. And I do a little homework when I was there and I clean their house. So like, I supercharged everything that I did to make money. And so, so it was just from a very young age, but I knew that money would help me to like fit in and not feel so different than those around me and also give me choices.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Well, you know, it's funny you said, I love what you said is uh, when you have money, you have choices. And it's so true, you know, for, yeah. for even us, my fiance and I, we, we live here in Mexico now. We moved here three oh, years cool. ago. Uh, and I know you were just sharing with me about uh, bouncing around for six months in Airbnb. It's totally our style sometimes to have fun and, and be adventurous and try new things. And it's so funny because I think so many people today are, are hesitant to try new things. They're so skeptical in so many ways. And for some reasons, they're right. I mean, there's just so much publicity, you know, publicity out there on Facebooks and social media. You don't know what to believe, what's true, what's not. But um, for you, when you were first getting started uh, in the network marketing space, for the new people that are listening in, you know, what were some things that, that you did that were great and they helped you get off to a good start or that you remember? Or what you know now for a brand new person that might be listening in that hasn't just made the commitment to get started. What are some things that they could avoid not doing for mistake wise and move faster through the process?
2: I'm like the poster child for this question, because from age 23 to 29, I was a network marketing failure. So I can tell you what I did in those six years. And they're all things you shouldn't do if you want to succeed. Okay. So year one, I ordered my full inventory of $3,000 and I dusted it and organized it the entire year. Year number two, I decided to go to a mall and try to meet someone. I met someone. She said she would book a party with me. All I had to do was call her, but I was too nervous to call her, so I ignored her. And I called her the day before the party, and she was mad at me, and she hung up on me. Uh, So then I quit for another year. Um, Year number three, I bought a laminator and laminated every idea on how to succeed and put it into a binder, and I would flip through the ideas. Um, Year number four, I called my recruiter and complained about how this wasn't working, and we didn't have good leadership. Um, then year number five, I reviewed more ideas on websites and studied ideas. And then year number six, I was 29 years old. I was fed up enough with my corporate job (laughs) and I was like, I need to make a change. Like I can't, I can't do this anymore. And so that was the, the pivot point, 29 years old. I was like, okay, no more of this spinning my wheels, dreaming about this, thinking about it every day. I was exhausted from all of that activity for six years. Uh, And I decided, you know what, I got to do something different. And so 29 years old is when everything changed for me.
1: Wow. That's awesome. And, and, you know, it's, it's for some people, what's funny is a lot of times today you'll hear, and for our listeners out there, you know, Joe Smith's making $150,000 a month. What you don't hear is the real story, right? Is yes, he came into his company. He's at 150 grand a month, but seven, eight, nine, 10 years ago, he wasn't making $500 a month. Right. And so it's It's so important for people to realize that you just don't quit. And what do you and what are you really going to quit on anyway? If you're working with most people part- time in in their network marketing business is you have your job that's paying your bills and so you're doing this thing part time, Don't quit on it because there's nothing to really quit on if you haven't really got going yet, right? And you so don't don't quit on it. but but now talking about where you are now, you transitioned a little bit from being a distributor now to getting into the coaching field, which is awesome because, it's a chance for you to serve the whole industry. People say, now, well, how many people are in your genealogy? Well, the whole network marketing industry now, because mm-hmm. I'm here to serve everybody, which is pretty cool. So tell us a little bit about that transition and how's that going, and then anything that listeners could follow you on or where they can find some of these courses.
2: Yeah. So uh, 29 years old, I decided, okay, I need to make this work. And literally six months after making that decision, I had a team of 50 and a free car and was making a consistent 5000 a month. And then I continued to grow that. And so that grew into a uh, eight figures in sales uh, network marketing team over the course of the next few years. And um, and it, it completely changed my life and built my confidence. You know, for so much of my life, I felt like I was less than those around me. And I was like, oh, my gosh, wait, maybe I can do something good in this world. Like I can lead other people and we're having success. And so during that journey, I started a YouTube channel. It was about six years in. I was having some success. I was showing up on YouTube and showing what I was doing. And people are like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Like, do you have more information? And I remember getting a call from a CEO of a company, a new startup. He's like, can you come out and speak to our company? And he's like, bring along your training. And I'm like, I don't have it, but I'll make a training. And so I made these three CDs, uh, which have now, you know, I brought them there and I sold like a bunch to the audience. I was like, yeah, I have CDs with my picture on. I'm like Beyonce or something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's interesting about those CDs is they've gone on to sell tens of thousands of copies. And some people say that those CDs are the what finally got them unstuck. Um, because, I, you know, I think sometimes we learn from someone who just jumped in and was successful from the get-go. Whereas I'm like that shy introvert that was like super broken. I didn't think I could do this. And so I show you how to do it without walking up to people. Or approaching strangers. And so everything that I do is like text based. It's Facebook based. It's very introverted, yet it works if you're not a very like you don't want to annoy people and tick people off. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah so I started training on that. I launched that. And then um, it was 2019, January 2019. I actually ran my first Facebook ad. I didn't know what I was doing. And people bought my CDs and I was like, huh. So then I did not know what I was doing there. So I hired someone to help me run more ads. And then that turned into a few months later, I launched my first course, Mastering the Live, which is my number one selling course. It teaches you how to host profitable Facebook live parties. And that exploded. Like in that weekend, it was like $52,000 in like two days. And I was like, huh. I'm like, maybe, um, yeah, maybe I love this. Like I do. I love video. I love helping people. And I love seeing them change their lives. And like, I just started to see this shift where I was like, I really love training. And so it's all I wanted to do. And the problem was I had this really big network marketing team. And so there was like a year where I was kind of like, what do I do? Um, But I just, I honestly believe that God gave me the failure in network marketing, then taught me how to succeed and then said, you know what, I've got a bigger platform for you. You've got a story to share and you can help a lot of people get unstuck. And so I honored that calling. I left the industry November, 2019 and, um, since then he just exploded my business. And, um, we actually, when I looked at a report the other day in, in the past, exactly one year, it, we've done a million dollars in revenue, which is the craziest thing ever, but, uh, more important than the money is, is the lives change and the people and the journey and to hear from people that, that they're doing things that they weren't going to do. And I get it because I was stuck for so long. So I just, I understand that when people are like, I don't know what to do. I'm like, I know I didn't know what to do for a really long time. I totally understand that.
1: Well, That's so awesome. A million, I mean, really that's, and I deal with a lot of uh, venture capital and different people like that. And, and they always say, when you can do a million dollars in sales without raising a bunch of money, you've created something super special. Like you, as soon as you hit that million dollar mark, you got the attention of, of the people out there. So uh, kudos to you for doing that. And, and I believe the same thing, you know, for me, when I started in network marketing, I was in high school at the time. I was 18 years old. I was about to graduate and uh, had a great success and and, and a couple different great runs. But I also, and just like you, I believe that, you know, God used that as the platform Mm -hmm. for me to start, but then to open the doors to to the technology side now and and, and for myself serving the whole industry um, has just been a great gift and and the relationships, right? And that's kind of my next thing is is when building, it doesn't matter if you're building network marketing, I don't care if you're building real estate, I don't care if this topic and what we're talking about is the life of a networker inside our industry. What is how important is networking? How you know you said something funny like you teach people not to have to be that person at the grocery store who hides behind the Sam the, the Campbell <laughs> soup and jump out and say, "Hey, you're interested in making extra income, right?" And we've all done it, right? I was guilty of it too, and I used to oh, just stupid stuff. But um, but how important it is to be a great networker and what makes someone a really good networker today?
2: Yeah, you know, I think honestly there was a book I read. I don't even know what the book was, but I always talk about this. Is that people trust your true authentic voice. And so like ultimately if you can just be yourself, which as an introvert I have this alter version of me, it's this uncomfortable version of me that sounds like this. It's like, "Hey everyone, um it's Michelle. I'm excited to be here." And honestly, my mom called me out on it. She's like, why do you why do you do that airheady voice? Like, what is that? I'm like, because I want people to think I'm nice. And she's like, you sound dumb. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Like, I kind of do, right? And so- Only
1: mom could say that to you,
2: right? Yeah, and I was like, maybe my mom's right. She is right about a lot of things. Um, but I think it's true. Like, sometimes we try to be something that we're not. And when I just decided, you know, it's my YouTube channel that honestly gave me confidence. Like, a YouTube channel for an introvert is a pretty difficult thing. And I was like, you know what? I don't care. I'm going to put a YouTube video up because guess what? Nobody I know knows I have a YouTube channel. It's a very safe place. If you're like, I want to go somewhere on social media that no one will know I'm there. YouTube is great because my friends didn't know I had a channel. So it just was me and I was just sharing things. And what was crazy is it attracted people that liked my style, right? And that's the beautiful thing about video is that you can just be yourself. It's going to obviously attract your target audience and it's going to detract people who think you're nuts or whatever, and that's fine. But it brings you like your best friends and so just by being myself i was legitimately meeting friends who then that people started to join my team a few months after posting those videos and that's where that's why i had so much success is i'd say two-thirds of my success came from the fact that i had a youtube channel and people were finding me on autopilot and like begging to join my team they wanted to work with me and like that wasn't normal for the first few few years of my business so just being you and and that's like so easy when you think about it you're like oh man you can say dumb things like dude and like, and say, um, and it doesn't matter. People just like you. And so, um, yeah, it's just so simple.
1: That is so awesome. And it's so true, right? I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's being you, it, and it's what we need now, right? I think so we got lost. We've been lost for so long of, you know, you got to stand next to the car and you got to show, you know, I was just made a joke on Facebook. I just posted and I, I put something on there. It's like, it's like I go, I think a lot of my friends now are, are watch models because every picture they take now, it's like, they make sure that they, that they show us their Rolex watch and stuff. And, you know, when I was younger, I loved all that stuff. I thought it was part of success. I thought it was so cool. And uh, after reading the untethered soul and connecting with Michael Singer, I quickly realized that those things are so stupid and don't matter to me anymore. Mm-hmm. Like now it's about relationships and creating experiences and you know, doing that stuff. So tell us now, you know, here you are. I've done a million dollars in sales again. Kudos to you, just so awesome. Thanks. What are some fun things that you did with when the money really started coming in? What are some things that you did buy that that were a goal of yours or things you did with your kids and stuff? And it's okay to brag a little bit because this is what okay. some individuals right. want to hear. They love the stuff. <laughs>
2: Okay, so I'm I'm like you. I'm not a stuff girl. I'm just really funny. Like I have holes in my tank tops. And I'm like I should probably go buy new tank tops. And I'm like I just don't want to spend the twenty bucks. So one of my big purchases, I went and got the hundred and fifty dollars sneakers, which was like a big deal. And people are like, what's wrong with you? Go like buy something real. Yeah. Um. So that was my. I was excited. I would because it was like oh the one twenty sneakers or the one fifty. I bought the one fifties. And nice. I was like I think I can afford these. And there's just this poor girl in me. That grew, that's how I grew up. So sure. I'm always like yeah, let's just save the money. Um, but I actually did buy my dream car. I have always from a young age, and this was probably my one splurge. And I'm always very big on like, we should live below our means so we can help others. So this is a little bit living above my means. But I bought the about a Lexus. It was the SUV that can put the car the kids in. Yeah. And it, I always dreamed about this car It's the RX 350. And I got the L with the third third row and I got a white one. And it's just like, that's all I ever wanted in my life was that, that car. And to be able to go in there and just buy that car and be like, yay. Okay. Thanks. Uh, was kind of crazy. So that would be definitely my big purchase. Oh, that
1: is awesome. And what a great car. So we used to have that car. In fact, when we were living in San Diego, we had, uh, we had a really old one, like 10 years old. And finally we went and traded in for the brand new one at that time. I think it was 2017 or 16, and it's Kim's favorite car like but, but not it. even I don't care Rolls-Royce Phantoms all that no 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 this Lexus uh, <laughs> SUV is her favorite and we had to trade it back in cuz we moved to Mexico and you just that's not the car you want to have here um, and so uh, she still had a little tear down her eye but she's kind of got over it now but that still holds a sweet spot in her heart so i can relate to it and it is a great car you don't even feel like you're driving like it's just no, like no
2: it's like butter yeah
1: it's like a <laughs> good example Well, listen, you know, just to wrap up here in these last few questions is, uh, is I like to have fun. And these are just boom, random fun questions you just answer or laugh if you don't know what they are. But um, (laughs) you are going out to dinner and you've got to make a choice. You're going sushi or pizza. What direction are you going?
2: Uh, I'm going neither. And I'm going to get something gluten, dairy-free and grain-free
1: mm. ah, okay. and boatloads of fun. <laughs> hey, listen, ice, we, we, we are very good at uh, watching what we eat and uh, we do all everything natural here in Mexico. It's awesome. We started chelation therapies and bio hormones and all this great stuff. Cool. Uh, so I'm with you on that. But when you do have a cheat, like if you're going to be bad and you have a week to live, you know, you're going to die. So it doesn't matter anyway. What would you choose for a bad meal? Like just no health at conscious.
2: My kids would like pizza, so we'd probably end up there. But Red Robin is our favorite restaurant of all time, if we're being honest. Okay. Red Robin. Yeah,
1: it's a good one. I love it. I love <laughs> it. Well, good stuff. And your favorite country that you've ever traveled to?
2: Oh, uh, I mean, it's it's probably Mexico, spring break. Uh, yeah. We've been to Mexico a few times, company trips and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Very cool.
1: Very cool. And um If you um, had to pick up and move to a different state out of all the states in the U.S. you've lived to, what is your favorite state? Where would you live if if you could pick?
2: Well, I'm living here for the past six months, Airbnb hopping, Florida. I'm in love. We sold our house and we're living like nomads and uh, it's fantastic. So Florida all day long. I love (laughs) it. And your favorite holiday? Is Christmas. Nice. Nice. And how many children do you have? I have two. A five-year-old little girl and a nine-year-old little boy.
1: Awesome. And if I was to ask the five-year-old, what does mommy do for a living? Would she know right away?
2: <laughs> she, the other day goes, mom, I want you to get a job. And I said, okay, <laughs> where do you want mommy to work? And she said, target. Cause at target, you could wear the red shirt and then I could come visit you at work. So I think you need to get a job. And I said, well, do you know mommy has a job? She goes, no, you just go live and you don't actually make money. So could you go get a job at target? And so <laughs> her dream is that I work <laughs> yeah. at target.
1: That is great. Uh, you can literally <laughs> make a whole show out of just talking to the kids. And oh my gosh, I, think, so I, fun. I think I might one day do that. I bring on uh, moms with kids and, and have the kids answer some questions and uh, I'm in. Fun. <laughs> well, Michelle, listen. First of all, we thank you on behalf of myself and Chris, and of course, the life of a networker. Uh, you have done a bang-up job with us today. You answered so many wonderful questions. And for the listeners out there, uh, do it anyway, girl. Uh, is the book? It's an international best-selling book now. And uh, Michelle's done some great things. Also, follow her on I'm sure YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, Clubhouse now. I mean, there's like 17 different social platforms. Next month when we talk, there'll be 10 more. So uh, continue just to follow her. But any last closing comments for the audience listening in? Uh, Again, the new person maybe or the person struggling out there, just one last message of hope that that they are at the right place at the right time and network marketing is a beautiful business for them.
2: Yeah. The one thing that really changed the game for me was this idea that what other people think about you is none of your business. And if you just really take that to heart and, you know, I think so many of us hold back and we don't get the results that we want because we're so worried about what one person thinks about us or someone on social media that follows us. And at the end of the day, what other people think about you is none of your business and go out and be awesome. And when I decided to just show up louder, proud or bolder and in charge, all of the naysayers just quietly like retreated back into their little holes and I'm serious and they left me alone. And so just become so confident and so bold that people don't question you anymore. I absolutely
1: love it. Well, again, thank you. We are honored. We appreciate you. Uh, Anything we can ever do here at the Life of a Networker, we're here to help you, support you. And uh, for each of you that are listening in, definitely uh, follow Michelle and and grab some of those courses and, of course, the book and uh, share it with your teams. There's nothing better than new, fresh trainings, people that can help you uh, really use social media. I think from some of the things she said, uh, she's got some great things to help you be better on Facebook and and be able to, to grow your business through that platform, which we all know is really important. So thanks again, Michelle. We appreciate you.
2: Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to The Life of a Networker. We really hope you have gotten some inspiration or value from listening to our show. For more info or to reach out, visit us at thelifeofanetworker.com. This podcast is sponsored by the Tell2 app, powered by Rapid Funnel. It's not just another app. It's an entirely new technology category. The Tell2 app gives you a genuine way to build real relationships with your customers and get quality referrals with less work from you. Go to tell 2 and build your brand, your way, and tell your story better.